you've tapped or clicked in to College Volleyball Weekly on Viral Volley Media. Now here's your host, Rob on Mike. Hey, good day, everyone. We've got a special episode of College Volleyball Weekly Men's Division One, Two, Top Twenty. And it's a name change because of the change of how many that we're voting into the top. What well, used to be fifteen, so it's all good news. And uh, one of the athletes I get to speak with this afternoon or today uh, on screen, Ohio State or the Ohio State's outside hitter Jacob Pasture, who's been a phenomenal athlete and force for the Buckeyes his entire career. And I really feel like uh, this is a great opportunity being that first point collegiate challenge is happening here in a few days. So I get this. Thanks for coming on, Jacob. Yeah, thanks for having me. Honor's all mine. I've, I've been a fan of your show for a while now, and it's just love how small the volleyball world is. That would have been awesome. You said fan of your show, except for Jay Hosick, because like, that's the big <laughs> thing. <laughs> Trying to give me in trouble already. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me hit you up uh, one of the first questions. And, um, now, obviously, due to streaming, we can only we get to see you play, but it's different when we get to see you in person play. And the first time I got to see you play in person was at the 2023 NCAA Men's Volleyball Championships. Um, but you ended up going to the national championships, and I'm sure you wanted to go further. But wow, that is you were thrust in the national stage, and people saw how good Ohio State is. What is becoming again because we know they are a natty team you know just uh uh you know 10 years ago but the, they've always been there in the, the miva but can you uh, talk about your experience at the 2023 men's volleyball national championship i personally loved it it was at a george mason which is about an hour 20 minutes from my house so i had a lot of friends and family be able to come watch me on, on such a big stage and see these california teams and, and really just get to see the highest level volleyball college has to offer um, it was a new experience for everyone in that program, everyone that had a, a taste in NCAAs, had graduated and moved on. So I know it was a big step for our coaching staff with uh, Birch being a new head coach, well, new-ish head coach, mm-hmm. and um, all the underclassmen and, and older guys being able to climb over that hump uh, for themselves instead of riding on uh, older generations. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. It was super cool to see some of the guys I play with over the summer compete on their college teams. Uh, just the talent being so condensed into one arena is exciting. I mean, we had a lot of fun watching other matches that we weren't even playing in. Um, and I'm glad smaller colleges like King were able to get a taste of higher level D1 and be able to showcase their talent and their abilities uh, and enjoy themselves. And the, the competition entirely was was phenomenal and everyone had to play on their a game and it's just something that's super special throughout that whole week well what about during the the regular season of 2023 because for the most part i feel like teams were overlooking ohio state because you know you had new coaches in the conference and john hawks and the 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 standard uh, chicago powerhouses of lewis loyola and you know ball state was rising up at the same time so some of the attention had been taken away from what normally would be with ohio state yeah absolutely i prefer it that way i like being under the radar and surprising people when it matters most um i think it's it was easier to dismiss us because we had not been successful for the past four years or so and 
there was always plenty of talent in the gym, but you got to be able to take the reins of the program as players and understand what, what it takes to win. You can have the talent, but if you don't have the mental fortitude to beat opponents that circle you on their calendar every single year, I mean, we have fantastic facilities. Everybody loves coming to play us and they sure love to beat us. So understanding having that target on your back and the responsibilities that, that come with it was something that that group had to learn uh, on their, on our own. And, and it took a lot of conversation with each other outside of the court in the locker room, took a lot of conversation with our coaching staff and what it meant to, to have a winning culture. Cause it's one thing to talk about it, but we really learned how to implement it. And um took us a little bit longer than we had hoped to find that rhythm, but I'm stoked that the group was able to, to put all the pieces together and have a really great run towards the, the second half of our season. Well, they're a fun team to watch at uh, Fairfax, uh, without a doubt, and a lot of excitement, especially in a high-energy uh, arena like a Eagle Bank Arena. There you go. Mm-hmm. Look at that memory. <laughs> uh, let's move on beyond early May there and jump into the summer. And we had talked a little before going on, but um, you spent some time in the USA gym on the men's national team. But how has that experience developed, prepared you, or improved you for the start of this 2024 season? Best way I can describe it is uh, compounding interest. Um, being in such a high-level gym day in and day out, there's not a single day you can take for granted. I mean, there'd be times where we'd have sixes drills, and when I go back and watch film, I only have six to work with. I have those six opportunities to get a kill and showcase my my skill and my ability to execute. And so just truly valuing every rep and, and being under all that pressure definitely accelerates your game way faster than than mindless reps is what we call it, just going through the motions right and that that environment is such a family environment very welcoming they they recognize players regardless of their age and they're very encouraging and they they truly show you what it means to to work hard because a lot of people have talent but it takes talent and hard work to, to cultivate to be at such a high level um being around guys that don't care about your feelings that much on the court and keep you accountable uh, you learn to be more of an adult and professional and, and understanding your responsibilities and others and having such a team oriented culture to build the team up and do what's best for the team and not the individual has been truly inspiring. And it's been a lot of life lessons that I've been able to hopefully bleed into this program here at Ohio State and, and kind of pass on my knowledge as I'm about to graduate and teach these younger guys what it, what it means to be professional and what it means to be a leader on the court. And so much of that has come from the USA gym and I'm humbled and super thankful for the experiences. Yeah. Now, were there any particular, uh, I mean, obviously to me, there are guys on the national team who are younger, but to you, they may, Oh gosh, these guys have been there. They're older guys, but were there any particular guys you got to learn a lot from that you really got to partner with or, uh, was it a group thing or maybe a, a setter that really poured into you and you learned from them or another outside like in TJ or something? Right. A lot of the older guys did a very good job of continuously being welcoming and, and inspiring. I mean, just being able to watch them practice and, and practice with them is just a, a dream come true. Um, some of the guys I've been close with, Jay Canes, Buckeye alumni, we are mm-hmm. far too alike at times. There are times we're like, we can't hang out like – we're saying the same things at the same time. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, but somebody I want to shout out and got really close with over the summer was Tim McIntosh. He is an unbelievably hard worker, and he's he's so inspiring to bring to be around. He 
oh, man, like he's the epitome of grit and, and hard work. Uh, he comes in extra reps before, after. He understands what it takes to to be healthy enough for his team and to have a high standard as a as an emotional leader and as someone to conduct the younger guys. I mean, he kind of came up out of nowhere and has set an unbelievable example about what it means to be a selfless teammate. And uh, I'm very thankful for our relationship. We're, we're pretty close. And um, he's someone I, I look forward to go to battle with every single day. Uh, as a libero, it's, it's hard to get work professionally. And he's just been persistent as all hell to, um, to get what he wants. And I, I, I cherish our friendship so much, man. He, he's been one of the people I've definitely bonded with uh, the most probably this past summer. Yeah, he was a rock-solid performer at the North Seca Continental Championships in Charleston uh, towards the end of the summer, or I guess the beginning of the fall, however you want to look at it. But, you know, he, like you said, he came just out of nowhere, off the radar, and here he was digging bombs from Cuba, Canada, and Puerto Rico. I'm like, who is this guy? And he was definitely a grinder. So, <clears throat> great call. Um, let's go to their current season. Your Buckeyes, solid start to 2024. They're currently 4-0, and um, you've had great competition testing you guys. What have been the keys to the team's early success here in 2024? Early success, I just have to say a belief in ourselves. I mean, our ability to, to carry over the progress we made over the fall and hit the ground running in season was definitely – huge for us that, that takes a lot of maturity to be able to, to grind for months and months and months take almost a month off and then boom right back in it like you never left so a lot of credit especially to the younger guys our our bench is probably one of our strongest assets we have so many versatile athletes on our team where if we need somebody to, to pass we have more passing specific outsides um, if we need serve subs that are good under pressure and don't really need good warm-up boom we got a guy for it and so everyone has just been buying into the role, which has been phenomenal. It's really hard to find such a, a selfless uh, culture on the team. And for everyone to build on that has been big. I know currently we've had a lot of great offensive stats, but understanding defense is ultimately going to win championships, but most importantly, serve and pass. I mean, mm -hmm. we have a lot of guys that have the capacity to go on runs and to continuously put pressure on other teams and just kind of ironing out what it means to, to be aggressive, but also high percentage and inintelligent. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Communication has been big. That's something we've been working on. Mm -hmm. The differences between the sets we win and lose has honestly come down to communication, understanding what we have to talk about before the play, after the play, but most importantly, during the play. I mean, volleyball yeah. is such a dynamic sport. So many things, your entire game plan can go out the window uh, within every single rally. And so, understanding that everyone's on the same page and what the protocol is for certain situations and understanding your role uh, amidst the chaos has been something that we've been really harping on recently. And I think that'll, that'll help tidy up a lot of things for the future. Well, speaking of a plan going out the window and chaos, you guys are pressed to the highest extent on Saturday night as you took on UC San Diego Brad Ross Jatter of my podcast. Um, but, you know, you guys are down. <laughs> what got you guys to turn it around? Because it looked like there was a change of plan or something went out the window and you had to readjust. But uh, talk about that matchup because that was that was on everyone's upset alert monitor as we were all following volleyball across the nation. <laughs> I remember 
I just, first of all, I just enjoyed that match. That was a lot of fun. Um, I know that that first set, we were close. We had been losing the first set, what, past three games or so. It's, it's more of a mentality thing than anything. Mm-hmm. I think we had close to, like, double their amount of kills, and yet the score was still neck and neck. We had some servers miss at, at key moments, myself included. Like, just little things that, that just bring a team back that is under our control. We, we haven't been executing at, a, at the level we would like. I do remember one of the bigger changes in the in the second set was we started to get a little bit chippy, like some guys were standing other people down, talking a little bit of smack. I remember that. That just lit a fire under our team, but props to our team for having the maturity to use all that emotion to be productive instead of just blind, blindly aggressive. It's, it's very easy mm-hmm. to uh, take things personally and then throw your composure out the window and just try to do too much. And there were definitely some instances of that throughout the match, mm-hmm. but being able to, to reel it in when it mattered was huge for that match. I mean, they were a very solid team. Their blocking was very impressive and definitely made sure that we had to earn every point that we got uh, credit to that team and in their training. But I knew every time we went back in that huddle, it was communication, communication, communication. The stats say a very different story than what the score is. And we understood yeah. that that game was, was under our control. Like we were letting – um, letting that team come back into matches uh, with, with silly mental errors or just not executing our defensive plan as, as well as we'd like. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the game. The the mentally tougher team is you know, going to come out on top more often than not. And, and that's just a credit to our, our coaching staff and, and the leaders on the team really harping in that, that that's what's important. Like, you're going to get kills, you're going to get blocked. Like, they're going to get kills, they're going <laughs> to dig you, like, it's volleyball. It's going to happen. We're not, yeah. we're not playing against people that don't know what they're doing. Like these are well refined athletes and they're going to be good at their jobs and to understand, to give credit to them, but then also be patient with our own expectations. Cause it's easy to go to a game expecting, Oh, I'm going to get this many kills, this many digs. They're going to miss this mm-hmm. many serves. We're going to get this many blocks. Like, like I said, that's going to go out the window pretty quickly and mm-hmm. being able to adapt is, is vital for our game. And with the way you've just described the play of your that last match, I feel like you're with the coach watching uh, volley metrics or something. And <laughs> plenty of that. <laughs> um, let's go to this weekend, uh, which coming up is the third annual First Point Collegiate Challenge, where your team, the Buckeyes, will be facing a pair of LA teams, uh, USC and 2023 national champion. Uh, UCLA. What are your thoughts on competing with those two teams this weekend? It's always a treat. Always, always, always. Uh, I love going against the best of the best. It really shows you what you're made of. And to do it so early in the season, I think, is going to be pivotal to understanding where we're at in our journey to becoming the team that we want to be. Every season, especially last season and then going into this season, the team you have at the end of the fall can be different from the beginning of the spring to halfway through season towards the end of the season. So our team is constantly evolving. And I think it's very important to continue, continuously test yourself and uh, winning a championship easily wouldn't be any fun. So I'm so glad that there are so many programs that are powerhouses. Um, and so uh, it, I just love it. I love the competition. Uh, everyone's focus is just that much higher and being in a new state, Texas, is going to be a whole lot of fun. 
um, pretty neutral environment. I don't, I don't know. I, it's always just fun watching Giants go after each other, and uh, I'm, I'm stoked for it. I'm ready to pack my bag already. <laughs> well, you probably be flying out in two days along with me, so we'll <laughs> we'll <Yep>. see. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, it's a great segue to our final question, but although the uh, uh, Collegiate Challenge is an excellent competition which showcases the best talent in the nation, the mission is to expand men's volleyball throughout the U.S., and especially being in the home to two-time women's volleyball national champion, the Texas Longhorns, and the event being held in the same venue as the Southwest Challenge in Austin. Um, how do you view this opportunity um, to bl- play in this year's challenge and how that could potentially affect the growth? I do believe Texas does not have boys high school volleyball, if my memory serves me well. so um, But we all know that there's talent coming from there. Absolutely. I know Merrick's from Texas and uh, he's not too bad himself. Um, <laughs> I'm again, humbled for this experience. I think it's going to be so much fun playing in arena with so much history. I think it's super, super valuable for the sport. I mean, I don't think I've ever met anybody that has never seen men's volleyball gone to a match and was like, yeah, yeah, it was cool. It's, it's always like so fast. It's so fast paced. It's so physical. It's so much fun and exciting. Like <laughs> they miss all their serves, but it's great. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a great opportunity to, to spread the wealth of, of men's volleyball. Uh, I encourage as many people to come out as possible. It's, it's always a treat to compete in front of a large crowd performing in front of so many people is something I definitely look forward to whenever we play. I know recently at Cavalli, we had probably the most fans I've seen in my four years here. And I just remember sitting back thinking like, the sport has grown so much, and I just only hope it continues to grow. Uh, to your point, it's NCAA's best-kept secret, and I, I truly believe that. And just getting more people on board with the sport and being able to support programs and join programs and making sure everybody has a, a good opportunity to experience the sport, I think, is, is fantastic. It's more often than not that I see first-timers go to a men's match and say, how do we not watch more of this because mm-hmm. of – the physicality, the pace, I mean, just the, even the techniques and the mechanics of the game. I mean, I nerd out on all that stuff, but once you see it in action, it becomes a pretty above the net kind of match or game. So, um, yeah, it really is. It's so physical that people that don't even know about volleyball know that it's awesome. Like some sports, it, it requires you to like understand what's going on a little bit more to really appreciate it. But men's volleyball, you just sit back and you're like, I have no idea what's going on, but. Yeah, love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, some little side questions here. I know the our our very serious part has ended here, but I wanted to ask you about some other things that you know, just came up because they it, just in the in recent weeks. And if you follow social media, in week one, uh, a video went viral of you <clears throat> nailing a jump serve. I don't know if you followed the discussion along the way, and you know, like people were like, "Oh, it's eighty miles power," and like, I don't know. I was questioning. I wasn't there, but it's not not to say that you can't do it. But I thought the great response came from Cameron Milligan from Damon, the outside hitter who passed it. His response is, I can confirm it was 80 miles per hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was a really great sport about it. That was um, <laughs> definitely a, a personal milestone of mine. 80 was, was the big number I definitely wanted to, to hit at some point in my life, whether it's once or a couple times. Uh, I'm just glad they were passing four because I'm, I'm pretty sure that ball was out. But. <laughs> Prop, props to him for keeping this up going on. I mean, 
I've, I've experienced service at that speed and you're either there or you're not. And, and the best thing you can hope to do is, is keep it forward. And, and he played it well. It's, it's a shame Cavelli isn't a little bit taller or else we would have had to play that ball. But um, <laughs> that was, that was, that was a fantastic moment for me. And I, I definitely remember that for the rest of my life, but props to Damon for having such a good <laughs> spirit about it. In an it. international venue, that ball would have come over as a free ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, so on during this uh, last week of play, another freshman has come to light, and it's the opposite hitter from Hawaii, Luis Sakanoko. Just realized he received Big West Freshman of the Week, but he too was bombing. And I'm based on what I saw of your serve. If that was eighty, he's hitting eighty-two, and this game is getting so fast. And you know, there was a time when I was standing behind Matt Anderson of the men's national team. Like, oh, he hit 73. Oh, my gosh, the sound off that ball. But what you guys are doing is mind-blowing. <laughs> How are you guys getting that pace on that ball? Speed. One of the most important parts about getting so much momentum is your, your last two steps, your, your step close. Uh, being able to convert all that forward momentum into, into like a whip is the best way I describe it. Uh, the handle's the thickest part, and it gets thinner and thinner and thinner, and you got to have a whole lot of momentum for that last little snap into your arm. And part of it is credit to a lot of our strength training. I mean, we, we train to, to be able to jump hard and be explosive. Um, some people have more natural arm swings. They have the fluidity to, to pull it off. But um, a lot of it comes down to determination as well, uh, understanding yeah. what you're, you're capable of in, in training towards your goals. My, my shoulder health has been pivotal for me in my career, knowing I'm going to get set a lot in college. Uh, I can't do it without uh, the strength training to go with it. So I learned a lot with team USA about how to balance uh, building strength over time, but also being intentional when you're, when you're lifting and conditioning towards the, the goals that you want and being able to be healthy and strong for my team is, is one of my biggest goals throughout a season. My, my availability and being able to perform day in and day out at practice, uh, something I take a lot of pride in. But um, sometimes it's talent and sometimes it's technique as well. That's awesome. Well, I'm talking to Jacob Pasher of Ohio State University, who will be at the first point collegiate challenge this weekend in Austin, Texas, at the Austin Convention Center. Here's the schedule Friday, 1 30, be a number 11 ball state versus number 12 USC. And this is when Ohio State takes short with Jacob as they take on the easiest match of the tournament, all sarcasm, number one UCLA, that's at 4 p.m. Central, and then Friday closes out with number three, Penn State versus Stanford, number nine Stanford, and then on Saturday, Ohio State gets the opening match of the day against number 12 USC, Stanford versus number 11 Ball State on at four, and then UCLA and Penn State close out at 6.30. So be sure to stop by, follow Jacob and Ohio State on social, first point, Collegiate Challenge at FPCC. Um, come to the event. It's streaming on Flow Volleyball. And unfortunately, it's going to be behind the paywall. I apologize. I didn't make the decision, but, you know, <clears throat> it's worth watching, especially for these matches. It's worth the month pass. Um, you're seeing all six teams in the top 20. And all six of these teams have phenomenal athletes. I will give you a list of athletes to watch so you know what to look out for. But definitely Jacob is one of them because he is a great ambassador to the game and uh, he hits a pretty hard ball too. But, you know, I would have passed that 80 just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that. Yeah. We'll see you in Texas. <laughs> yes. I'll be in serve received uh, while you guys are doing serve pass. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I'll be there. And then have a, a ambulance ready for me too while you're at it. 
Yeah, make sure there's a the stretcher. <laughs> well, Jacob, I thank you so much for coming on this uh, afternoon, and I look forward to catching up with you when we're in Ohio State. I have to get that pick because you're the man. <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to College Volleyball Weekly. Be sure to follow Rob Espero at the Rob on the Mic on Instagram and at Rob on the Mic on Twitter.